Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR-positive HER2-negative NBC as the first hormonal-based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. J-O-N, I think it's about time that you play me some pimping, please. Play me some motherfucking pimping. Summoned. I like that. Oh, you can't win. Oh, what? You want some pimping? Man, no, go ahead. Eat your food, man. No, nigga, I think you you hungry. I'm drinking this right now. It don't matter. I'm hungry. No, man, you eat, bro. Well, we got wings, we got fish. I see. No, I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with y'all over here. This is the first time. Hey, man, you know how we had a pancake for tonight. He fucked with you because that nigga don't offer his food to no fucking bride. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> hey, man. Right. We done had a hundred <laughs> guests. That nigga ain't never offered nobody <laughs> shit. No, I appreciate you it. You heard it in voice, though. He said, what that is you got over there? <laughs> I said, he's on the wings. Anytime you see something golden fried, you better say man, something. Man, come on. JJ, you yeah. know me? Yeah. 
I fuck with that, J-O-N. Man, my food, your food, nigga, whatever you want. Yeah. I appreciate you. Whatever you need. Y'all ain't home. Yeah. Nah, we straight. Say no more. We finna have us a fish. You know sandwich. what this about. Yeah, Used to be a managed boy hunching behind the house. Yeah. Hunching behind the house. Uh -huh. This that old school shit. We used to hunch behind the house. Yeah. If a mama gone, go in, hunch on the couch. Hey. Love in her mouth. Yeah. What was that really about? Uh. Then I got grown and stopped pulling it out. Nasty, or don't get too graphic because no. you know I'm black and they want to see me in plastic. Oh. See, that be trash and tragic. That's what I'm coming with. I'm staying flipping and getting up on that money shit. Uh -huh. I came through and I'm whipping. I got a dummy bitch. Uh -huh. She be dummy thick. She taking dummy dick. Hey. She's a crash dummy. Uh -huh. She got that ass on her. Uh -huh. And if you walk around, I swear you ain't gonna pass on her. Uh -huh. She be thicker than the tension in the room uh -huh. with a big boot. And two big old boobs. You might see me on the Channel 6 News. Just being a nigga, just doing what I do. Like breaking in the footlocker, steal the display shoe. Or getting to it in the lunch line. That's what a nigga do. And they done caught me with some drugs on me. Hey, and then they say I had them guns on me. Hey, the judge don't wanna put no bun on me. Hey, he needs some info from my other homie. But ain't nobody gonna tell him shit. That's right. We just gonna be quiet and burn down on this shit. And go to court with the lawyer, beat the fucking charges. And then take the rest and buy two Purenu Dodges. Like a challenge or a motherfucking charger. I be riding like a motherfucking Dodger. I'm talking shit like a motherfucking flogger. You better get off and go home, Roger. South show in the vision coming true. Uh -huh. hey, right now, shit, we doing it behind the fence. Uh -huh. But give me a little time, I make it all make sense. That's okay. right. Ain't no yeah. ring, bitch. We done bought the studio. That's right. And welcome back to the 85 South show. Yeah. 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 What you thought it was? Yeah. That's just all. I just thought about that shit. Yeah. That shit that, just bro. came up. Right now. I'm chopping it. that in my spirit. That was all right. That's too hard, wasn't it? Yeah. Man, no come cap. on, bro. Let's no go. Cap. Come on, man. Come on. All I'm coming no for cap. in 2023 is what's probably already owed to me. Right. Yeah. I just, I'm coming for Round it. Well, I know y'all coming strong in 2023. 2023. This studio's time. impressive. I, I mean, y'all ain't seen it because y'all just see this, the backdrop and shit. But man, these gentlemen. This whole team that they got here, it's some shit. I'm having yeah, a good like temporary shit. You like this? I mean, man, what I, what I respect is I'm seeing growth. I'm oh, seeing okay. evolution. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm seeing black entrepreneurship. I'm Come seeing on, black excellence. Well, that's why we brought Come you on, in here, man, because we named our legendary. Man, I appreciate it. And niggas, you legendary. did some of the most appreciate ghetto legendary shit. Now, everybody, I could name off. I told him over there. Friends. I told you over there. You, you the black forest gump there. Yeah. <laughs> you always seem to slump on the big place at the right time. All glory on his feet and Amen. in the right position. Amen. Now, this, and when it's all said and done, man, you going to have hit movies. No cap. Hit songs. Mm -hmm. Hit TV shows. Hit TV shows. Nigga, I'm sure you done wrote a bunch of shit. Facts. Mm -hmm. Nigga, and this is the highest honor of all. This is how I wanted to introduce you to the 85 South Fuck show. Shit. Mm -hmm. Nigga, you so cold. They let you play black Michael Jackson. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Indeed they did. Okay.
Hey, the man sung for Simba. Yes, he did. Come on, man. Yeah. Nah, man. Yes, he sung for Simba. Y'all not about to have me start crying in this motherfucker. Hey, hey, man. This was Thea's second oldest boy. That's right, man. You make y'all remember Thea? Thea! That's right, man. That's right. Mm -hmm. We were only on for nine episodes, but... <laughs> nigga, them nine episodes. That's when Brandy, Brandy had braces? Mm -hmm. Come on, man. Brandy had braces, yes, Brandy. she did. Come on, man. Brandy, Come on, man. real observant. No, I, I remember Don't that. Because I, I remember when she got the Moesha, and I was like, I, I was worried about her. That was early. But still she came out the nah, Brandy, Brandy old time. Awesome. <laughs> before all that. Okay. And for all the people in D.C. age, Brandy. Nobody look left. Huh. Look right. <laughs> yeah. He did all that. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Right. Come on. We got Nah, man. Nah, man. I love y'all. Thank y'all so much. Hey, to everybody out there too, even before we start talking. Hey man, thank y'all everybody. Seriously. Especially my community. You know what I'm saying? Everybody that I have kind of grown up with indirectly in some right. kind of way. You know, people that I randomly run into at a grocery store, at the airport or whatever, right. and people take time out of their day to stop and acknowledge you and your work. I know I'm not gonna get the opportunity to, to meet everybody individually out there. So I just want to take this opportunity on 85 South. Yeah. 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 My favorite show. I'm so honored to be here. So I want to take this opportunity on 85 South to just thank everybody out there for supporting my career and especially my black community, my brothers and my sisters, because throughout this whole journey, y'all have stood by me, man, and supported me, even when I've probably done some films that were bullshit. But, but my community we'll has always, we do. No, nah, my, my community has always yeah. stood up for me and been down for me. So thank y'all, yeah. man. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on, man. Well, shit, let's take it from the top, bro. How did all of this come about? How did you start? What was right. your introduction to the game? Man. When did your people recognize your talent? You know what? My, my talent was recognized. I've always had a passion. You know, for people that don't know, I'm born and raised in Chicago. Oh, um, Chi-Town. Chi-Town all day. Um, you know, I've always had a passion for the arts. I come from a musical family. My, my, my mother... Um, started off singing uh, jingles and stuff like that in the jingle industry back in the, mm -hmm. in the 80s. Like late 70s and 80s, the jingle business, especially for black performers. What was her number one? Her biggest jingle? Yeah. Don't, oh, don't tell us you know some of those jingles. If the tribute to uh, Dr. King, if, if we could light a candle, it was something that McDonald's did. I know what you're It was their about. main campaign every year. And that was actually my first recording session. I was four. Mm. I was on the backgrounds on that record. And that was my first recording session at Chicago Recording Company on Ohio Street. And I was a little kid and my mother sang the lead on that. So that's what I came up under. Like, you know, my cousin Tricky, shout out to my cousin Tricky Stewart. People may know his work from like Beyonce with single ladies to the new and uh, 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 what is it? Something my soul? Yeah, oh, Break yeah. my soul. Break my soul. Sorry, he, Your Tricky. cousin produced that? Yeah, my cousin um, produced and uh, co-wrote that record with Dream. Uh, shout out to Dream. Dream on that motherfucker too. Dream wrote that shit and the um that boy called and the other on one, the, the other hit that she got out. Shout out to <clears throat> shout out to Dream. I mean all all those guys like uh, you know is my fan. Tricky's my blood, but 
dreams an extended part of our family, but mm -hmm. yeah, I come from a musical background, and so I just grew up looking at movies, like looking at E.T. and seeing Drew dope. Barrymore and yeah. all them like little kids acting, right. and it just, it was fascinating to me. And I expressed to my mom, I was like, you know, I think I wanna, I wanna do that, I wanna try that. And just, you know, based on the relationship she had been able to develop over that period of time of being in the jingle industry, mm -hmm. It was kind of natural for me to start auditioning for commercials and stuff like that. Because Chicago in the 80s was a hub for that. Like, all of the ad campaigns were created on Madison Avenue in New York. Mm -hmm. But the music and the energy that would drive people to buy the products, it was, it was and it was coming from black creators, producers, songwriters, um, Still? musicians. Still. 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 Yeah. Uh, shout out to, to Burrell, um, Burrell Communications. Um, for people that don't know that history, you can look it up, you can Google it, but Tom Burrell and Burrell Communications was the first major black advertising firm in the country, and it was based in Chicago. Is that and what Boomerang based off of? It might be. Loosely? It, 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 it okay. might be loosely based off of no, I mean, the, they, the, just, the, just the company, not the story. That's no, what no, I'm just about. The, okay, it, yeah. it possibly could okay. be because they were the <clears throat> only black advertisement firm, so everybody in Chicago that was a singer, actor, or whatever. We all got our start through Burrell Communications mm -hmm. doing commercials and jingles. Mm -hmm. That's how it happened. Damn. So shout out to Burrell. Shout out to Burrell. Yeah, no, and, I, and, I, and I definitely gotta make sure I get them props because they don't, they don't get enough props. It's firms like that to where performers like myself and others, we stood on their shoulders, man, to where we could get our opportunity, where we could springboard and have careers. Right. And they don't get the credit that they rightfully deserve because they were just doing their job. But right. now I'm in a position where I can give them their flowers. Like, I do want to tell them thank you, like, publicly. I hope y'all see this so y'all know that people from the city that took advantage of the opportunities that y'all provided, especially young black kids, right. like, we, we still here. So, man, thank you. Yeah. Real shit. And so, and then from there, I started auditioning for, you know, for films right. and stuff like that. But that, what was, that your was first the film? The Long Walk Home with Whoopi Goldberg, Sissy Ooh. Spacey. That's how you jump out the gate oh, in your yeah. first film with a motherfucker. That's one, that's like, Tony that's like 91? Uh, yeah, that was, no, that was 89. Okay, damn. That was 89, because okay. that's when Do the Right Thing and come out. And we had all gone to the theater and see that. That shit was hard. And uh, yeah, we shot that in Montgomery, Alabama. It was a period piece. It talked about the um, two families during the, uh, the start of the civil rights movement and the mm -hmm. Montgomery bus boycott. Mm -hmm. And it was a phenomenal film to be a part of because I got to work with Whoopi, mm -hmm. got to work with Sissy Spacek, and I got to do a period piece that meant something you know, to our, our story, our particular struggle. And so I got a chance to like even meet people. You know how you have background actors right. and extras on set and stuff. So usually a lot of those people that's on set that's in these movies, they don't have a connection to the story that we tell them. Right. With this film, it was actually women that were there, women and men that were there who were older, but they marched, they were doing the sit-ins. They were, you know, part of the Freedom Riders. So it was like, I was getting the experience of being on set and training as an actor, but I was learning more about who I was, like embracing my identity more as a, as a young black boy mm -hmm. that eventually is gonna come into the world as a black man. So it was like this, my first experience in film was just the shit, man. Yeah, it was man. incredible. Yeah. Man, incredible. That's a hell of a God way to come good. Hey, man. All right, yeah. got yeah. on yeah. God's been good. What, you, what would you say you start seeing the early success in first, the music or the acting? The acting. 
and it was after. Um, How, but that's what I was saying. We're, me and DC, we always talk about this. How did you parlay? Since you say you got, got the acting first, how did you parlay and like bring the music around to your acting? I did it. It like all those opportunities, as it relates to me doing music, were like organic opportunities and blessings that were just brought into my life through God. Because there was a time, and see, it's different for you now. And I, and I love that because it's guys like yourself who are ambidextrous in that, in that regard, right. who are who have a multi-skill set like it's myself. It's still hard. But, but, but man, it was so much harder. Right. Because you had people on the music end who were trying to discredit you and saying, uh, well, you're not really a singer because you're not devoting all of your time right, to right, this, right? Right, right? But then you had people in the film world who weren't really respecting what you were doing in music because they were going, well, you can make so much more money over here. Why do you give a fuck about that? Like, you just want to be a star and be on stage. And so I was always in this weird position of trying to balance myself within that and like constantly trying to prove myself. And even as like a young performer, you know, you already going through adolescence and like your body switching up, your voice is changing. Well, mine didn't, but you know, in most cases, <laughs> case, your voice changed. So you deal with all these, you know, different insecurities, you know, coupled with the pressure of trying to maintain a career in both of these different genres of entertainment. But again, I give God the credit for that and my mother because no matter what, it was like, she always supported me. So anytime that I would doubt myself or I get to that point where I get discouraged or disheartened, she reminded me of who I was, like in our legacy and the family that we come from. And also reminded me too that, you know, me being in the business, that doesn't define who I am. Right. That's just a part of who I am. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I was able to, in my mind, put it all together and find a way to still be able to be constructive and like and be productive and do my thing without losing myself in the process. What was that first track like when you when they finally when you finally displayed it and they started taking you serious as both? It was it was the Chingy record. No, yeah, it was a Chingy record. I wanted man. to say the Chingy, but I feel like it was something before that. Nah, it was the Chingy record because okay, let me keep it real. In Chicago, my city know what the fuck I'm That's about. It was a record that they played and they knew it was you yeah. and it got... It was they, Love Ambition. Right. It was Love right. Ambition, produced by Keith Crouch and written by Rasan Patterson right. and Uncle Kipper. Shout out to those guys, Kipper Jones. And that record was released during my um, tenure with Motown, but it didn't reach na national acclaim uh, or success. Years? Ten years? No, ten years. No, no, oh, ten years. Oh, yeah, okay, ten my year, bad. Okay. Ten I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, but <laughs> like, nigga, you was on Motown for ten like, years. Yeah, no, 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 I wasn't on it that long. Okay. Um, but what ended up happening was, is that the record didn't really take off on a national level, but Chicago because it was a Steppers record. Right, right. And it had that groove to it, and in the city, like, we support our own. We may look crazy sometimes on the news, like. But when it all boils down to it, Chicago, we support our own. So when that record came out, it was like radio kind of got behind it, but it was the people that got behind it. And so when you hear Chicagoans talk about love ambition, that's a very personal record for us mm -hmm. because that Especially was- Especially with the stepper crowd, I know yeah, that. Yeah, man. And that, yeah. Was, that was like my coming out party as an artist. And at that time, Chicago was the only city with the exception of like New Orleans, maybe a couple others, mm -hmm. that really embraced me, man, and made me feel confident in my journey moving forward. That'd be hard. We ought to throw a stepper's ball. 
Y'all should. Oh, that will be hard. Should be hard. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot you of like Chicago trash playing down here. Talking about like a stepper ball. Like you know how to step? You just like gonna host have, it? We can <laughs> have the people who want to come. Like we can come and do like some sessions with them, like a stepper coach. Yes. Oh, you gonna get I'm them saying, together? Break, but you can only come. You gonna get you them together? Your own, you gotta hey, bring see, your own girl. Don't say y'all gonna do that shit. Oh yeah. Of course. You gotta bring your own. Y'all got Chicago looking at this right now. And then we'll talk about that. What you talking about? The dance is stepping where you gotta party. We ain't talking about stepping. I thought you talking about like, hey, bro. Oh, hell no. <laughs> that just goes to show how all oh, my ass is. No, I'm like, you didn't get no. Uh, no, I'm not stepping. Like stepping in the name of love. Yeah, stepping in the name of love. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's, a, that's a big thing. But you got to be dressed right. alike and you got to have your own partner. Like, we're not letting no singles in. And you got to have be, a routine. Yeah, you got, yeah. Okay. yeah. It's real classy. And a you real know, routine. It's something, yeah. it's something that you do with your lady. You yeah. have a nice and even and out. Right. Y'all had a little matching suits on. You yeah. go dance and step. You got your fly gators on. That's real right. Chicago shit. Yeah, real Shout Chicago. out to the crib. Piece, my niggas yeah. go bubble, man. Yeah. Like, I wanted you to uh, talk about Chicago a little sure. bit because, like you said, it's so much negative press out there, bro. That, talk yeah, about that your was, experience. Yeah. Right. As a Chicagoan, some of the, you know, like, nigga, put on for the city, man. basically, right now. Let, let, let motherfuckers know from somebody who really from there. Let me tell y'all something, man. Chicago, in my opinion, is the most beautiful city on the planet. And it's not just the, the city landscape and all of that. It, it's really the people. Um, and especially the black community that exists there, you know, the, the, the families on the south side and the west side, that's what gives Chicago its identity. Chicago is a working class blue collar town filled with people that keep their head down, don't complain, they go to work every day, they support their families and they try their best, you know what I'm saying, to get to different points in their life where they view as being successful. But they're unsung heroes but they not haters. If they see somebody else coming up and doing their thing, and especially if you're from the city, man, you'll get the support, you'll get the love. You know what I'm saying? And it won't be a thing where, you know, you have like a bad trip. I mean, look at the shit that's going on with Rob. Like, they won't let him go. Like, regardless of whatever, right. it's gonna be some folks still in Chicago that's gonna play step in the name of love, regardless of whatever, however you feel about them. Right. And that's, every, that's your individual prerogative, but there are some people that are gonna continue to support his music okay. and what he does because he's from the town. That being said, there is a lot of violence that happens. There is that gang culture, that gang element. But I think we are getting to a place as a people. I know collectively as black people all over this country and this world, we're getting to a place where we're understanding that that's just, that's so counterproductive and it's so putting us further behind the eight ball. It just doesn't make sense. But you're beginning to see now a lot of the young cats taking more of an initiative to speak out, right. to be more active in their communities, like G Herbo, right. you know what I'm saying? Like you see him in the neighborhood doing certain things. Shout out to Inglewood Barbie, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? These are all um, people from this city, activists. My man, Justin Morgan, um, people that are, are coming to the forefront now who wanna be leaders. I sit on the board of directors for an organization called Hello Baby, which is geared towards keeping the black family nucleus intact. It's the, the, the headquarters is literally right on East 61st in St. Lawrence in the middle of the shit, like where uh, FBG, uh, BG Duck and all them is from, like where it go down. But there's a, um, there's a community center there that where we're promoting unity within the community, especially amongst the youth and with single mothers and single black fathers. So those of us who grew up in the city that know what it is, that know how beautiful it is, we're trying our best to, to present a different narrative. And I, it's gonna take some time right. because mainstream media still wants to present 
a certain kind of story. But as long as you got guys like myself, and especially people like Lena Waithe, who are really pushing the line. You know what I'm saying? With like telling a real story. Like what y'all see on the shot, that's in Chicago, I know. I, I grew up going to cookouts, going to my grandmother's house, hanging out with my friends, going to Lynn's barbecue, going to Harold's chicken, shit like that, going to Markham skating rink. Like, that's the Chicago I know. Yeah, I knew some GDs, I knew some BDs, I knew some Latin Kings and all of that. But I didn't want to be a part of that, so I didn't get wrapped up in it. If you, get, if you want to be a part of that, you can find what you're looking for. But if you cats like myself and many others that live there and that are part of that community who are looking for something better and looking to spread a different kind of message, man, we exist, man. Chicago is the shit, man. Y'all come see us, man. Don't come during the winter. You won't have a good time. Hell right. no. Right. <laughs> right. Come during summertime, shy, man. We'll show y'all a good time, I had man. to learn that. I had to learn that the hard way. I went up there doing shows in the winter. And I was like, oh, you, that's how they do that's us shit, in the South. I didn't know. I was just happy to get shows. No, I was. The South get booked in the North when it get cold. In the winter. Yeah, now I know. Now I know you say no, and then they come back and they hit you with the summer date, and that shit is amazing when you go up there, man. Yeah. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. In 
and see y'all <laughs> tour too. Like y'all really be out, right. you know, with the people, so you can see how these different cities like they flow and you know their chemistry and how they react to you. But Chicago is like one of them places. And I thought I saw like, uh, you posted something about Detroit like that. Mm-hmm. You was like, man, if they fuck with you, they coming out. They they coming out. They fuck with you. Right. Chicago the same. Bro, that's way. why I be mm-hmm. tough. We were on the road. That shit be amazing. It really be. It literally feel like we from 20 different cities. Like the country. Like bro. people like, ask us like. What's your favorite city? Like, man, I can't even describe it because it's like they, oh, yeah. they in competition with each other. Like, they gonna out love a motherfucker. And they right. love y'all, man. That like, should be crazy. It's, it's so beautiful. Like, and, and I know y'all probably hear that all the time, but <laughs> man, it's really dope what y'all doing, man. We appreciate it. Because you're giving people a platform, you know, where they can tell their stories and backstories. Like, I saw the episode with Snoop. Right. And that was a great was episode. Crazy. And see, people don't get a chance to hear them Snoop stories like that, to hear the I real I can't believe history. how much stuff of that I hadn't heard. I'm sitting here, I watched it back, and I was still I like. I had to watch it back. I can't dope. believe Snoop ain't yeah. never met Michael Jordan. Yeah. Michael I Jordan gonna hear that shit and be like, man, somebody call this nigga. <laughs> Bro, Tupac was on that road for eight months. That's it? Yeah. Yeah. In my head, as a right, growing that up, shit I, like said, years, though, I said, bro, he was with them folk like five years. Yeah. He said, bro, I ain't known a nigga for like eight months. But it was so, they were so active because I was out in California during that time, during the East Coast, West Coast shit. And, but it felt like it was going on forever. Yeah, I'm it, sure it, it did. Man, that shit, man, that shit was, Sheesh. that was something. Like, and especially a cat that wasn't from either one of those places, and you yeah. kind of in the middle box, <laughs> like, go, like, God damn, this shit is serious. You had to learn all that shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I stayed out there. I didn't know that's what they meant. <laughs> no, nigga, real, this is a true story. So, we out, we out for the Soul Train Awards. I'm on Motown. Right. Um, this is when Andre Harrell was there. So, he was putting forth like this whole new media blitz to kind of promote him coming over to Motown. So he had billboards and shit everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, when the Soul Train Awards came to LA, he threw a big like Motown coming out party. Like, you know, this is, this is my thing. I'm taking over to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will never forget it. It was in Sunset Plaza, that little strip on Sunset Boulevard. And it was a, a restaurant there where he had this party and it was kind of like open. So we in there and mind you, I'm like 16 at the time. I shouldn't even been in that shit, but I was. Right. <laughs> and um, I'm in there dancing with this chick or whatever. And stepping. Stepping, doing my little thing. <laughs> I think I was moonwalking. I was still playing. You was in there, yeah. You was I was still playing my Michael Jackson shit. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm, I'm dancing and shit. And all of a sudden, it was just, just this huge commotion. You just saw people kind of like fleeing right. and going to all these different parts of the clubs. So I'm looking around, I'm like, and I just see like a red Bentley pull up and I think it was like a black Bentley and like Suge and Pac jumped out of separate Bentleys. Uh-huh. And they, I mean, they skirted past security and the whole night. Security didn't even, they didn't even ask them what they were doing there searching or nothing. They breezed past the security and they went around the party looking for like members of Bad Boy and like, and looking for Andre and shit like that because that was during that whole, that was at the beginning of the shit. The club looking they, and they left you in there. Man, my right handed guy. No, I saw this. I was in there oh, okay. with my cousin Kevin. Okay, my okay. cousin Kevin Harrell. <laughs> he was my guardian. He was traveling with me at the time. So we we both in the spot hanging out and doing our thing because it was a festive, it was the Soul Train Award. Right. Yeah. What's going on? It's supposed to be fun. Man, yeah. Them niggas came through there. Like, <laughs> it's supposed to be bro, fun, man. Yeah, it's supposed to be fun, but man, they they came through on, like, they were pushing the line. What happened? Man. No. <laughs> I, seen, I seen Andre, and Andre, I love you. God rest your soul, man. I saw Andre. 
because we were laughing about something maybe five minutes prior to that. Right. But man, when them niggas came through, I didn't see Andre after that. Took him back to New York. <laughs> and on. I was like, man, Drake, where'd you go? He was like, man, I ain't fucking around. <laughs> he was like, man, I was out. But it was it was one of those situations where I saw all of that like up close and personal, like seeing Pocket Shug real aggressive out in the LA streets with all the death row, like all the Compton outside. Pushing the line. It was something to see. But then it was also cool to see Bad Boy and what they were doing. They had such a, you know, an interesting energy. Like, you know, shout out to Slim Pickens, all the all the cats in the um Super Mario, all the cats in the street team where they would have the picket signs and they be going up and down, you know, streets in New York like a real movement. Like how y'all got y'all's jackets. Right. It was reminiscent when I saw that, and that's why I was smiling to myself inside. Cause I've seen that before. I saw that with Bad Boy and that energy and that presence that y'all have just being young, black, and brilliant and creative and pushing the line. Like, it's, it was that that energy I saw too early on. So I've been able to see quite a bit, man. You grew up in the industry, but like me and Clayton was talking about earlier, bro, you gotta tell us about your experience working on Thea, bro. Nine episodes, but this shit gonna live, like you said, that's one of them ones that the black community ain't gonna never forget about. Yeah, man, Thea was a, um, I gotta say, that was a great show personally for me to be a part of. Um, I won't get too heavy into it. There was right. a lot of there was a lot of behind the scenes drama that went on. Um, not to rehash between like Thea and Brandy. Um, there was like a, a somewhat of a negative undertone as far as that's concerned. But the experience of for me personally, working at Universal Studios, working on the back lot. You know, being on the same lot with fucking Martin, where me and Brandy would walk down to the Martin set, like on our lunch break, and watch them rehearse. Um, to being able to like freely, you know, walk up to Universal Studios and get on the amusement rides. And, Hold on, man, y'all watch Martin rehearsals? Right. Real talk, man. We and go to and go right and go right. This shit crazy. I'm like, me and Brandy, and y'all can ask her this. Like, when, when the she, fuck when she we gonna on. ask Brandy? <laughs> She'll come on. I hope so. Brandy, come on. Come man, on, Brandy, come on. I would man, love me. to see Brandy. Come but, on, man. But what happened was we would we would have our lunch breaks, and the Martin said, like, you would come out of stage five. I think that was our stage, and you could make a right and walk maybe like what would be equivalent of like a half a block. And it was Martin's stage. And then we would just walk in because we were the only other black show on the lot. So we all knew we was there together. And they never hated on us. Like they would let us, you know, Martin, Tisha, um, Tommy, God rest his soul, Carl. They would see us walking because we all kids. They'd be like, man, y'all go up in the stands and man, y'all chill out. And so we would see the Martin show like two weeks before that shit would come out. So I would be calling niggas back home like, man, wait till y'all see the shit that happened. They'd be like, how you know that? I'd be like, nigga, because I know. Right, right, right. Watch this shit when Martin say this. So I was seeing, you know, all of that stuff growing up. And me and me and Brandy would, you know, walk back to set. And I can't I can't speak for her, but for myself, I would apply the things that I would learn watching them. Subtle nuances, little things. Um, it wasn't like jokes. It was a facial expression. It was a mannerism. It was the letting the joke live. Whoever the, you know, learning that chemistry of letting your co-star have his or her moment. Learning that space that in comedy, which we all know, there's a there's a 
Timing. And yeah. timing is yeah. a dance. Right. And yeah. especially when you work on, and it's a beat. Right. So I was learning all of that. And that was my college, man, was sitting there and watching, you know, them do their thing. And they were so gracious. I met Eddie Murphy there, too, when we did the. He was doing Beverly Hills Cop 3 on, on Universal. Shit. Cold. And That's me cold. and Brandy walked over there during our lunch break. <laughs> Y'all got a bitch. And they go to Hey, I know the PA was like, do we have eyes on Brandy? Do we have eyes on Jason? They would know where we would be going because okay. anything that was black that would right. pop up at Universal. Oh, they knew. They knew. They knew. Like, and they especially, knew. you saw Eddie Murphy and Martin. Right. And, right. Come on, man. That's right. Mount Olympus, a black right. starter. Right. Right. So, nah, we going over there to study and, you know, We know where they are. And Eddie was so nice. He signed. Man, I asked that nigga to sign six things. I'm sign. <laughs> man, sign this for my best friend. What about for, uh, me and my teacher wanted it. He signed it. He asked all our questions. And, mm. you know, for me, that, that was a lasting impression, man. That taught me how to be gracious. Thanks. Like, with interacting with your fans and interacting with people who are admirers of your work. Like, those guys taught me how to be a star. Right. Because they were like, they superstars. Right. And they still were taking the time to, like, so, man, you know, what you want to do? Well, how y'all like filming over there? Oh, yeah, okay. And, well, you know, asking a little stupid shit, but, yeah, right. man, they were cool. Hey, your little brother, your little brother on Theo, though. Huh? Your little brother. Yeah. Oh, uh, you talking about his fade? He had the worst haircut uh -huh. in black TV history. That, that might have been. That was one of the top three worst. Really? Might have been. They still talk about your haircut, man. You ain't never going to be able to He had no choice that in that. He did not choose that I as a child. Like his biological <laughs> father had a lot to do with that. No, he didn't. He said that something. that was the issue. He was mad. Wait, he, he had to be. His mom, I'm sorry, Brittany, but I got to tell the truth, because they, they doing you dirty out here. <laughs> no, Brittany didn't want his hair cut like that. His mom was cutting his hair like that. Oh. You cannot let your mama cut your That's hair, true. man. And, Brent, and Brandon's dad, he was a real one. He was a nice guy, but you know, he's like one of those quiet guys, like a quiet husband. You should have so, let me cut so it up. You, you would just see him looking at his boy. And you should see him laughing inside to himself like, <laughs> all right, it. I can't shit, all right? That's, That's how, hilarious. All right. Now, how the hell you get on smart guy? Cause first of all, mm -hmm. Taj is goddamn light skinned. Yeah. The other nigga is light skinned. Yeah. The daddy is light skinned. Mm -hmm. And you were dark skinned. He wasn't. But I was like, how in the that, hell? That now, happens. You, that man, happens. You know, as a kid, I'm sitting there like, oh, yeah. Fuck? Now, I'm going to keep it real with you, DC. Man, that audition was flawless, bro. That's because one of the ones where you just knew you knew. Real, real no, that audition. Was that. You killed that audition. You killed that audition. Everybody wanted a big brother like you. Everybody. Yeah. I appreciate it. No, and that, I think that was the thing. I it feel like that shit you learned from Martin. Well, you, 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 hey, bro, hey, we, we was tuned in, bro. Absolutely. I ain't gonna hold you. That's why shout, shout out. out to Omar Gooden, too. Like, we, man, we would, after work, we would study other sitcoms and other performers. It's your mm -hmm. So, you know, we would study Jamie. Um, and this is, this is the work we were doing after work, because we would go home. Right. We order pizza, smoke a little something. Right. Chill out, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? And then we'd be like, man, let's look at what so-and-so and them doing. So we turn on a show, we study, be like, we gonna do that shit better next week. Right. We gonna flip it like this, and we. So me and Omar was like, doing that all the time, you know, just playing with the craft. Right. Yeah. Like just trying to figure yeah. out how to be better. You know what I'm saying? Like how you got young niggas that work on a jump shot, right. yeah, yeah, work on yeah. a layup, work yeah. on a left hand. Like that's what me and Omar would do every day after work. We would just sit down and we look at shows and we look at different performers, and we would just find those different things that maybe weren't in your face. Right. 
but they were subtle things that we knew that we could play on and make them our own. Right. Probably then, like the best big brother I ever seen growing up. Good looking. It was like, okay, you got your little brother finna come to school with you. Yeah. Like he 10, but it can't fuck up my cool. Yeah. But how can I embrace my 10 year old little brother? Fuck it. Not only that, is he catching up to me? Or is right. it, it was like, it was a lot of shit as a child that y'all taught us as kids. Like, and then it was black fatherhood. Yeah. Black parenting. Man, we didn't know DC, man, the, the kind of example that we were setting, man. Just keeping it all the way 100, like, we were just having fun. And I think for me and Omar in particular, we wanted to show young black kids who we really were versus, like, how sitcom TV would try to portray us a lot of times, like, hokey and corny or, you know, nah, having just some weird yeah. shit that they were saying in the lines. We'd be like, how the fuck they get away with saying that? Right. So it was like, we were the kids where if they gave us a line and we knew that shit wasn't gonna fly in the community, we'd be like, I'm not saying it. Right. Like, right. I'm, I'm not saying that, bro. Like, okay, you wanna get that kind of joke across? Why don't we say it like this? Yeah. And I'll give them credit. Shout out to J uh, Danny Kalis, the creator of the show. Mm -hmm. He listened to it. Yeah. Like, even when it came down the wardrobe, I was like, man, ain't no young black kid walking around wearing them shits on their right. feet. Yeah. I was like, yo. <laughs> I was like, yo, I need some J's, man. That's I was like, kids. No, I, was, I, I would be calling up they, to Nike Because they didn't want you to have the little logo and all that they shit. They wouldn't want us to have logos on anything. Yeah. Because they didn't want to pay for it. Right, right. So they'd be like, nah, But they don't make you pay for that. that. Yeah, and I'd be like, they don't but do I'd be that. like, yo, man, who cares? Like, right. we got to be cool. Right. So like. I need, I need the Iversons. Right. Yeah. I need them before yeah. everybody else has them on the street. Because yeah. I hey, guarantee let's do an episode. How about this? Let's do an episode. <laughs> he needs the Iversons. Then they become one. But it was, yeah. it was ideas like that yeah. that we could toss around. But yeah. And and being that Iverson was such like a controversial figure in sports at that time, mm -hmm. they were like, okay, you can wear the shoes. You just don't want to do a lot of bigging up on that. You know, we don't want to go too hip hop because we were introducing vernacular and slang. We were bringing all of that to the show, but it was still a Disney show. Yeah. Right. So we just had to find the balance. But thankfully, man, like, you know, we had producers. Shout out to Suzanne DePass, who was my former manager. <laughs> Suzanne DePass. Let me, let me give her credit right now, because she's another one that doesn't get enough credit. Some of y'all's favorite shows from the Jacksons miniseries, the, the Jacksons and American Dream. Bro, you got to tell me about that. Sister, sister. Come, sister. On. Come on. Smart guy. Come on. I'm sure there are a few, a few more after that. But Suzanne DePash, y'all, is a brilliant black woman who's been in this industry since the Motown days, since mm. the 60s. Mm -hmm. She was the one that discovered Michael Jackson and Jackson 5. Mm. We have those shows right now that everybody can go back and look at because of her. She was the one that kicked open the door for T and Tamara and Taj and the whole Maury family. She was the one that kicked open the door for me. Hey, Suzanne, thank you. I'm just telling the people because they need to know your name. There was a black woman that blazed that trail. There's a black woman that blazed that trail. What line key? How the hell? That was after the Jackson miniseries. Go to the Jackson first. Go to Jackson and okay. leave it right in the goddamn. All oh, right, right. right. Okay, cool. <laughs> right. That's a, that's a fucking honor. The Clay Black Michael Jackson. It was what? an honor. But again, that, that, was was a, that was another situation when we talk about the example of music where God presented that opportunity. Amen. Amen. Because, and this is just to just bring up the, the thing about Lion King and I'll go back to the Jacksons. How I got that was, I was shooting the scene, um, the live scene of Who's Loving You. And that particular day, we had already pre-recorded it. All right. And all I had to do was just sing with the track. But for some odd reason that day, sound was down and I had to sing that shit live, mm. like 
all day long. <laughs> so, man, it was like maybe after like the fourth setup shot, I'm kind of exhausted vocally, but I'm like really warmed up. So I'm belting this shit out. Right. And we on stage and the lights are shining our way. So we don't see who's out in the audience. We just kind of see the cameras on the dolly, but we don't see like who's out there, out right. there. Right. So we get through with the with the day, we get through with that scene, we moving on. Me and my mom is walking back to the trailer and she was like, yo, you know who just came up to me and asked me about you? I was like, who, ma? She's like, Elton John. Elton John was just here. He's saying he's doing some kind of movie with Disney. He is saying that you'd be perfect for it. I'm like, Elton John, the Benny and the Jets. I'm like, that guy, and I'm sorry, sir, Elton. But I really wasn't into Elton John like that back then. I was a kid, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I appreciate his work. Now, I love Elton John, and especially what he did for me, but, you know. um, (laughs) (laughs) But as a kid, she was amazing. As a child, I didn't know. But she she said, he wants you to audition for this singing role in this new animated thing that they're doing for Disney called The Lion King. She's just silent. And I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Well, let's do it. Right. So we, I think two days later, we wrapped the Jacksons. And then Disney had took over everything from that point on, like our hotel and everything. And so I'll never forget, man, like the day after we wrapped, I went down to um, Burbank at the Disney recording studios. That was another song I sang down maybe like three or four times. They had cameras set. That's what I vividly remember. They had cameras set up like this in the vocal booth. And they were just telling me, they was like, be as animated as you can. Like, like if you're just saying it to the world. So any movements you want to do, like even if you're not on the mic, just move around. Because we're going to put all of that in a character. So I'm like, huh? Like, that don't even make any sense, but I did right. it anyway. Right. So there's actually footage that I saw online where they showed me performing the song in the studio that day, and that was one of the cameras. And so a lot of that stuff that you see with Simba in the animation with You're stuff that I was doing. That you, doing. you ain't jump on no giraffe. I ain't jump on no giraffe. I ain't jump on <laughs> but it's a lot of yeah. right, right, but, uh, right. but that shit right. hard though. That's crazy because then what? Man, bro. Because that was before the motion capture shit. Yeah, really, right, this is man. real animation. It's so right. they had like to you're like. You're drawing that, that really shit. That's crazy. Asking you to say, okay, what would the character look like? Right. Okay, the right. you said everybody loves laughing. Did you catch yeah. that? Yeah. And you did that. Shit. And the animators, the, the artists, it was three, three or four of them. And they were in the control room drawing that shit. And I'm and when I got what if they would have the punched in like, yeah, Jay, we're gonna steal your whole sauce on this one, bro. <laughs> no, but it was cool because right. and when I saw what was going on, and then I got really excited, and this is a true story. After right. I sang the song, the producers were looking at each other and they were like whispering to each other, like, man. I'm looking. They like, hey, so would you be able to stay in Los Angeles for a little bit longer? Hell yeah. I was like, yeah, sure. Cause I really didn't want to go home. I'm just gonna go back to school. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I'll, I'll stick around. They were like, well, reason why we want you to stick around is because we think we may want you to do the voice of this character. Like, mm. you're perfect for Simba. So I'm like, oh shit. Like that sounds kind of big. Like, okay. Man, like 15 minutes later, um, Business Affairs from Disney had called back and they had just closed their deal 
with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Mm -hmm. So the yeah. deal had been finalized and closed. But if 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 they would have waited, if his agent would have waited another two hours to close that deal, I would have had that role. Ooh. But, Hold on, so wait a minute. Ooh. So it wasn't your voice. No, you he, just sing it. I was a singing voice. He was the singing voice. I was just the actual, voice. The okay. actual The actual, actor the was actual uh, voice. tool time. Uh, yeah, he was on, uh, on the yeah, yeah. Okay. I've met Jonathan and, and hung out with him on a couple different occasions because Home Improvement, their soundstage on Disney was next to Smart Guy. Mm. Mm. So, like, the voice of Simba was right there, and then the singing voice of Simba Ooh. was on the next soundstage. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's yeah. crazy, that's, man. That's what happened. And then when that came out, you know, people didn't know that it was a, a black kid behind that voice. Right. And I wasn't really tripping on it because I knew that I was a part of it anyway. Right. And nobody could take that away from me. Right. So but if we knew we were black, it's possible. But that just goes to show you, everything is supposed to happen when it's supposed to happen, when God wants it to happen. Because when it was finally revealed who the voice, the singing was behind it, the singing voice behind it, I think it was more impactful at that time, mm. especially when the community was made more aware of it, because this is a time, this is a black renaissance that we're in now. Right. And especially here in Atlanta, and you're seeing so many people emerge or come to the forefront that you didn't know right. were a part of these iconic projects. I mean, it just seemed like it was kind of like a snowball effect, yeah. you know, of all this information coming out that our people could learn and be aware yeah. of. Mm -hmm. So I don't regret it. Like, you know, my whole journey in this industry, good, bad, or ugly, man, the, the journey has just been absolutely incredible. I feel like, you know, we still got a lot more left to do. Facts. But, man, what God has taken me thus far, man, it's just been nothing short of amazing, especially a kid coming from Chicago. Like, there's not too many of us that get opportunities yeah, like man. that. You know what I mean? Yeah, bro. Yeah. Disney, keep you a check, man. Okay. That's yeah, so, but, crazy. But how you get into... ATL, cause I've been wearing these skates this whole goddamn episode. We, we gotta do, you gotta do the, you ain't do the American Dream shit. Oh, oh, okay. Hold on, and then we'll go into ATL. All right, come on. Cause, yeah. I, cause <laughs> I'm gonna say too. That's why you want the skates. <laughs> and I hope they get it together like Warner Brothers. Man, y'all need to stop playing. Let's do an ATL too. Come, come on, on, man. What, what we doing? What we doing? What we doing? Hey, Dallas. Stop playing. Man, we gotta figure this out, man. He was with Jermaine Dupree last night in the game. Oh, yeah. Man, they yeah. be everywhere together. No, so, man, yeah. we got to do ATL, too. But anyway, okay. the, the, the Jacksons miniseries, um, how that came about real quick. My cousin Lainey Stewart, another successful um, music producer, multi-platinum music producer, was being managed by um, Suzanne DePass at that time. Right. And he was working with, like, Aaron Hall and Shantae Moore and Keith Washington. It's real old-school R&B. Yeah, yeah. They were all coming up to Chicago working in his studio. Mm -hmm. And so one of Suzanne's representatives came up to Chicago from LA and I was there at the studio because that's when I first started songwriting. That's when me and Tricky were like first training him as a producer and me as a songwriter. Mm. And I was like 11 years old. And Ruth Carson, that's her name, she would come to the studio and every time she'd see me, she'd be like, yo, who's that little guy? Like, he's always singing, he's always dancing, like, because I don't know if y'all know this, but we about to do this biopic about Michael Jackson and his family, and he need to audition for that shit. Like, I'm gonna tell Suzanne that he need to audition for that shit. So I was like, man, whatever. I'm, out of all the kids that could play Michael Jackson, they gonna pick me? That's what I'm thinking, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, man, whatever, she's just talking. Sure enough, like, I get a call from my agent. I had a local agent at the time, Elizabeth Geddes in Chicago. Shout out to Elizabeth. She called me and said, yo, 
Oh, the casting director from the Jackson's an American Dream wants you to audition and blah, blah, blah. So come down here to the office. This is when you still had to actually go to someone's office. They put you on videotape. They have to FedEx the tape out. Right. It was like a whole fucking yeah. process. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I go to, to go audition. Maybe about two weeks later, uh, ABC and uh, the producers called back and said they want to fly me out to L.A. for um, for a producers callback. Go out to L.A. and here's 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 some other real shit. The the minute I was supposed to audition for the Jackson family, because even when you got to L.A., there was a round of audition. There was like three rounds of audition <clears throat> that you had to go through before you got to audition for the actual Jackson family. Mm. So I had to go through that gauntlet of just like stuff to finally make it to audition in front of them. And so when I finally got there, there was an assistant casting director who I guess that day had just been having a shitty day and right. she was just over it. And so she was just passing sides out to the kids that were left. And so she wasn't taking into consideration the kids who had been told who they were specifically auditioning for. So she had handed me some sides for like Randy or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sorry, Randy, and it's no offense to you. Randy J. You telling me hey, I want to be hey, Randy Hey, hold on, baby. No, nah, it was two pages of dialogue, yeah. and I was like, three callbacks for Michael. I'm here to do, I'm here to do Michael, and so I'm saying that in my mind, right. but you, I'm scared. You, you gotta, gotta say it out loud. Right, I'm scared. So. And there was a kid that came out of, I'm about to go in, there was a kid that came out and I guess he had a horrible audition. No. And he threw his sides in the garbage can next to me. And I'm on the Mike. couch like this, name of the Mike sides. So I took him up by the garbage can and I just started reviewing him real quick, trying to get reacquainted with the dialogue. And I just did like a quick jam crash course. And then they called my name. Mm. And I went in, and I said the lines, and that was cool, but then that's when they started asking me to sing. And I was so, like, me and my mother rehearsed those routines so much. Man, I could have did that shit in my sleep. And it was just like, and I'll never forget, I knew I kind of had the part, sort of, when I saw Mrs. Jackson smiling at me, and she had looked over at the director, and she was like, he's good. And so I was like, okay, cool. But I didn't get the part that day. They put me on the red eye, me and my mother back to Chicago. Shit. <laughs> and Shit. we was back in Illinois, and I waited maybe about five months because Michael was on tour. And then Michael had finally seen the tape, and he made the decision to hire me for the role. And that's how I got it. So Mike had to, Mike had to, Mike had Mike, to he had to, okay. yeah. no, he, he, he had to make the, the final decision. All three actors that played him, the young one, the middle one, which was me, and my man Wiley Draper, God rest Wiley Soul, who was, who was uh, Atlanta native, who was from here in Atlanta. Um, he picked us. Like, we were the ones that Michael personally chose. And so, you know, we all we knew we had to do was when we got on set, we had to live up to his expectations because we were just on it like, man, if Michael sees something and it's like, we gotta be on our shit. And, right. and we worked hard. I worked seven days a week on that shit, willingly, voluntarily. It, let me make this clear. We technically only worked five days a week, but the cast, we all would get together on Saturday and Sunday and rehearse. Get in like every weekend, no Work matter what. And I'm talking about five, six hours of straight dance rehearsal in front of a mirror in the conference room at the hotel we were staying at. 
And Bumper, Bumper Robinson was the one who orchestrated, shout out to Bumper, but he was like, yo man, we about to be portraying the Jackson family. Like, this is black royalty. We cannot fuck this up. At all. Right. It's like, we cannot right. fuck this up. So everybody, yeah. like, be on your shit, vocalize every day, have your shit together. And we were on point. By the time that came out, when we looked back on the work that we did, oh, it made sense. Those yeah, commercials and everything, it made sense. That's the one they held up. Man, man thank you, classic. man. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, Let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. AT&T Connects, an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Man, I, I appreciate y'all. Like, real shit. Like, I, you know, that, that means a lot to me. Because I've, I've been in this business a long time. And I think you guys know from being in the, in the industry for the amount of time that you all have been in. You all are vets as well. You can kind of get a little jaded, man, because you go through so much shit, you know what I'm saying, leading up to whatever that opportunity is that takes you into your next chapter of life and your career. And so when you get the opportunity to meet with your peers, to build with your peers, and they express to you how much they appreciate your work and that they see you, 
that means a lot to me, man. Because yeah, bro. like Come real on, shit, when, go, when we be working, go. I would be yeah. thinking about y'all. Pardon yeah. me, I'm spit in your face, but <laughs> I, I would be thinking about y'all. I'd be thinking about who's the next generation, like right. coming up after us. What kind of example are we setting? Like, what are we saying? Because I want, I want kids to come up after us knowing that they can do it. But, like, man, we, we got a real responsibility. So now to have this opportunity to meet y'all and to build with y'all and to see y'all exceed and pass what we've done. Because, honestly, look at this whole situation over here, man. This is taking whatever groundwork and foundation that we laid as young black performers. Man, y'all taking this shit to the next level and having ownership in what it is that y'all do. So, like... Believe it, believe it for icing on the cake. Is this 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 platform we, we cherish it because we get to sit here and have people that we're fans of. Like just to see that you say that, it's like, but still, we had to watch y'all in order for us to know what the blueprint was like for us anyway. You see what I'm saying? And for us to been doing it for the amount of time that we've doing it, and for us to even have people like you to come on and just hear how we make you feel. We be really be like, did you hear what the nigga said? Right, you know what I'm right, saying? Like, right, we be on the phone like, you hear what the nigga said? But we had to keep our yeah. composure, but we love this job so much because we it, it allows us to to engage with the people that inspired us and we get and y'all yeah. get to kick it. Yeah. And be yeah. chilling. And we and be like, this is a lot of nigga. And I'ma say this too, man, you one of them people that need to be celebrated more, man. I feel like a lot of times, just in our community, a lot of times everything we celebrate is the negative and the worst of the shit. They celebrate the fall off. They celebrate yeah. how a nigga fell off. Right. They want to yeah. do how to, what, what happened to the shit. Right. But talk about the motherfuckers that's still here. Talk about the motherfuckers well, that... This is I feel history. like it's more to gain from somebody who did good business right. and did continually succeed at their craft Facts. than looking at the tragedy and travesty shit. Nah, I appreciate that. So, no, I, no, yeah, thank bro. you for saying thank that. Because there are a lot of us, man, who have been able to maintain careers without, like, you know, and what we discussed earlier, we all human beings. Yeah. We've all had our shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But we've been really, really blessed in a way where the mistakes that we've made um, that have helped us grow as men, right. we've been able to do that in private, like, without you know, having social media and, right, you know, right. TMZ and people like that on your yeah. back where you could make your mistakes as a human being and grow and evolve. So I was even blessed with that as well, where, you know, my mother created a certain type of balance in my life where when work was over in Los Angeles and we'd be back on a plane, I'd be right back in the neighborhood, right. like interacting with my friends, yeah. going to school, going to the grocery store, Saying what's up life. to my neighbor, right. having a real right. life, right. and to where I could I could see what my neighbors were going through in their everyday lives, whatever struggles that they may have had, mm -hmm. and then that would allow me to look back and go, man, I'm really blessed, man. Like, yeah, yeah. like man, I'm getting right. on a fucking plane yeah. tomorrow to go to a place that, man, I never thought I'd go to, yeah. to do make believe. Right. Where they make fucking TV at? That shit'll right. blow your mind, man. Right? And, it, and, it, and it blew my mind, man. It's, such a, it's, it's been such just a fucking blessing, man. I'm just grateful, man. Just grateful to God for everything. Grateful right. for the support from the community. I can't stress that enough because, like what you said, we live in a time where, you know, people kind of find joy in your pain or the struggles right. that you go through. But I've just been really, really blessed where, with our community in particular, 
it's all been about celebrating and acknowledging the work that I've done and supporting me and like letting me know on the street or letting me know on social media, hey man, you keep doing your thing. Facts. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. black men yeah, yeah. Yeah, coming up to me, like especially with the shy, like with the show on and all of that, and with the character that I'm portraying. Yeah. Like I know a lot of guys like that back home whose stories never get told like that. Right. Right. So I'm, I'm having guys come up to me and be like, hey Joe, Man, I appreciate you, man, like, cause that's how that shit really is. You know what I'm saying? And for you to, for you to tell a real story like that and present it in a real way, you're not glorifying it, you're not glamorizing it, like you telling it what it is. To hear that shit from other black men, right. like that yeah. means a lot. Yeah. We don't talk. We don't. Yeah. We don't talk. We don't. Yeah. And no. even if a nigga like you, he'd be yeah. like, man, I ain't gonna go over there and say, I ain't no fan, nigga. Yeah. Yeah. I don't wanna be like no fan. Yeah, I don't wanna be no fan, nigga. What you know, man? You fall in that hell. Let me get this picture for my girl. Like, bro, you a fan, bro. Hey man, I don't even be doing yeah. this whole ass shit. Yeah, come on, man. Out. It's okay. Right. Like, it's it's okay. So all you real niggas out there, man, you can see me in public. Man, say what's up, man. Yeah. Yeah. But not only that, it's I don't history. Don't even like niggas. Right. <laughs> but even, but even not only that, it's history. Just like you said, Miss, what's her name? Susanna. Oh, uh, Susanna Pat. Susanna, for her to even put the things in place, and and we don't know that. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, so when you hear her name, you like, okay, she's important. Yeah. She's part of the history. Yeah. Like, it's so many iconic and icons out there and pioneers who we don't know about. Oh, but, and let me tell you, they know y'all, though, because the one thing about those pioneers and people like Susan in the past who are trailblazers, they always keep their ear to the street. Mm -hmm. They always checking to see what the youth is talking about, what's relevant in the culture. It may seem like they distant right. and that they over in just Hollywood, but nah, they right watching there. because they're the ones that find that talent and go, man, they need to be on a bigger platform. Right. Know what I'm saying? So, nah, just, and I want y'all to know that, y'all know this already, but, man, please know that the work that y'all doing and the platform that y'all providing for guys like myself, for the OGs like Snoop, right. man, we appreciate this, man, because we don't get a lot of opportunities to speak to our community directly like that and give them the real. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And for black men to celebrate one another the way that y'all do us, like, man, the world needs to see that. So, that's why y'all winning, because y'all some real niggas with that shit. Yeah. What? You heard him? Yeah. Nigga? Yeah. It sounds different coming from Silver. Yeah. It sounds different from. Nah, real talk. Yeah. Nah, that's good. Hold up, we gotta get to ATL. Please, cause my skates. We gotta get to ATL. Okay. He got his skates on. Oh, man. Yeah, and then, and then I'll let y'all go. I've been doing this shit all oh, day, man. man. Hey, hey, welcome go. back to the ATL. Hey, I'ma go ahead and get some with you. I'ma sit with you, bro. Yeah, Chilling with big family, man. None other than Jason Wheeler. Come on, man. man. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Thank y'all. Nigga from Chicago, but didn't get none of a JJ. <laughs> know how that shit be. That's why he asked. Look, I know you would go to JJ's. I thought y'all have the sharks out here, too. Yeah. We do. Yeah, yeah all of them yeah. no, the same thing. JJ, Harold. Yeah, in Sharks. a minute in Atlanta, you're going to be able to get at least two restaurants from it, wherever you're from. Yeah. We got, we got Harold's. Yeah, yeah got we two, got a few here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't yeah. give you enough sauce. Okay. Y'all want to marry other dude? They yeah, they want to marry other. Yeah, they give you sauce. The one on Auburn Avenue, they was goddamn rationing out the sauce. Like, look, we get sauce once a month. How much sauce do you want? Don't talk about my folks on edge. They try to do their thing. Shout out to Harold. At the ice bar. At the ice bar. I ain't really living in the sauce. No more sauce. JJ, get it to you. In Chicago, they put sauce on your bag. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> on the house Sauce go with everything. Nigga, the bag be thin to the motherfucker. You don't even have to open that shit. You could just push it out. Oh, yeah.
Yeah. Oh, you, y'all talking about ATL though? Cause I do. Because I'm gonna let y'all go. Well, you you gonna let us go? <laughs> Look, I ain't gonna hold. Yeah, I ain't gonna hold. But I, I gotta get this out because this is important Atlanta yeah. history. Yeah, we in Atlanta right now, Some, somewhere. Listen, we shout out to Dallas Austin. Let me tell y'all something about Dallas Austin for those of y'all who may not know. Dallas Austin is a mega super producer who has been producing some of the biggest records in the music industry since the late 80s going into the 90s. He discovered Monica, another bad creation. Boys to Men, he's responsible for that. It was a whole movement. Listen, LaFace Records, all that, the foundation of Atlanta, Mm -hmm. he's one of the founding fathers. He's there with Jermaine, Mm -hmm. he's there with Organized Noise, Mm -hmm. he's there with Oop Camp. Talk your shit. uh, LA Babyface. Uh, who else? I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on, but he's one of the founding fathers. Yeah. The reason why y'all have movies like Drumline and ATL mm-hmm. is because of Dallas Austin. Yes, sir. Mick yes, sir. Let's we had him on here. Oh, oh, okay, cool. oh, he had the craziest. Yeah, he was, oh, he cool. kicked spent the night in Madonna's yeah. castle. And a ghost was in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, Dallas got some fucking yeah. crazy story. Man, oh, he, he told them. He, he, he he both y'all. Both y'all, y'all. Y'all running close with the. Man, with y'all, Dallas' shit is even crazy. crazy. Well, you now, you grew up in the whole with. industry. You didn't probably seen the weirdest shit. That's true, but Dallas founded a city. He did. <laughs> he founded an entertainment capital. Like, we all came down here, cash from up north and like from the west coast of LA. We all came down here because we was trying to fuck with Dallas and Jermaine and organize nothing. That's why I came down here. I was trying to fuck with them and like learn what this was. And I knew that there was a component to this town where it could be a film and TV town. But those were the guys. I had never seen that before. Mm-hmm. I had never seen niggas pulling up like young niggas pulling up in Ferraris and shit. And you go into their houses and they sitting on acres and where they fucking houses all the way back there. Like I'm, I had never seen that before. Mm-hmm. And so Atlanta opened my eyes to that, and Dallas was like one of the first people to do that and like to welcome me and my family to this city. So when ATL came up, Dallas and I had already done Drumline together. Right. We already did Drumline. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. had had some success on the film side. But ATL was originally titled Jelly Bean. And it was going to be based on the story of Dallas, like discovering TLC and all of that. Because Jelly Bean was like where all of those groups, went to the outcasts right. and all that, that's where they went and hung out when they were kids. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we were trying to retell that story. It evolved over time, and especially with the studio's involvement, the script adjusted. But Dallas, it hit me one day, and he was like, hey man, you know I'm doing another movie down here. Like, you fucking with me? Because you ain't auditioned for it. I was like, well, I didn't even know Bruh. what was going on. So, and that's when I got rid of my agent that I was with, because this right. nigga fucked that up. Right. He like, right. dropped the ball. Right. So I called him. I was like, hey, man, they shooting another movie down here in Atlanta, a big budget film called um, Jelly Bean, man, and like Tip's supposed to be in it. And all these different people. I was like, how are they going to shoot a movie down here like that? And I'm not in it. And so they found a way for me to audition. Right. And I came in at the tail end. They hadn't um, cast Teddy yet. They hadn't cast Esquire or Teddy yet. Mm -hmm. So I auditioned for Esquire. Wasn't really convincing with that one. Um, But Teddy, uh, it was like, 
I mean, because I, I know, I know yeah. that nigga right. down yeah. here. Like, yeah. I used to kick it with guys like that at 559 and 112 and yeah. shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Man, no, I know people over yeah. here. Yeah. You heard the Eddie Goals on the show. I got family from back here. So, you know, I know what it is. So when I auditioned for that role, everything just rolled into place. Right. And it just made sense. And man, we had a ball. How long was y'all shooting a bit? Uh, two months, but every day was a video shoot. I shit was lit. Man, it what? was lit. I mean, we had so much fun, man. To this day, like, I may not speak to Tip every day. I may not see Lauren every day. I may not see Jackie, but man, let us run into each other in the street somewhere, just some random shit. Right. Man, we together for the rest of the night. Like, we all became a real family on that show. Yeah. And we just enjoyed, we genuinely enjoyed each other's company. Tip was gracious because, you know, I've been living in Atlanta for a long time, but there was still some things I didn't know about it. And then the rest of them, they were all out from California shit. Right. So this nigga would, after we get through rehearsing at Skate Town, he'd get everybody in the car, and we would like go through the swats, we'd go through Bankhead, he would like, should we go down Simpson Road? Then we'd go to like Buckhead. He would take us around the city so we could get a feel mm -hmm. for what the, like, what's going on with the people and the culture and the energy. Mm -hmm. And just him being so gracious, big boy, like big boy would always set up where he'd have a masseuse come if we had like a hard day on set mm -hmm. and we've been skating all day, he would have like his private masseuse come and like, Give everybody back rubs and you can get your nails done and shit. That's cold. That's cold. That's love. It was some player shit. It was some player shit. We had a ball. Shout out to Chris Robinson. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to Will Smith, who was one of our executive producers. Shout yeah. out to T-Boss. Will Smith was one of the executive producers? Yeah. He was one of the EPs and yeah. T-Boss. Overbrook did it, right? Overbrook did it. Yeah. Overbrook. James Lasseter. Those yeah, guys. Charlie Mack was down here. Charlie, Charlie Mack. Charlie Mack been everything. Charlie Mack Jack. would be skating with us at rehearsal. His big ass would be fucking tripping all up and down. <laughs> Charlie Mack. Charlie Mack. Charlie Mack. Charlie Mack. Charlie Mack That's right. That's but right. T-Bar's got to come on this bitch, too. She got to. She got a story to tell. Chili gotta come too. They, 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 you, I feel like you still, the Jelly Bean movie still need to be made. Fat. Fat, because that's when you said, when you said that's, that, that's different, that's whole thing, that was my generation. Now, you got to mm. understand, when y'all made the look, look, I'm, 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 I got to take it back. Mm. When they said Cascade, I grew up on Cascade, I grew up in the Cascade skate ring. That's my shit. Gotcha. I was the first young skating crew Cascade ever had. We don't want competitions. I don't care what nobody said. That's my <laughs> shit. Okay. You understand me? Okay. The first young Nigga, I remember crew. when the first opened up, nigga, dust used to be coming down in our eyes. We couldn't <laughs> escape, my nigga. You feel what I'm saying? Damn. We complained and we got shit straight in that bitch. Yeah. So when y'all came down, they were like, it's yeah, they about to shoot a movie in this bitch. Because we thought it was just our shit. Yeah. This is our hangout. Yeah. And we were like, they not about to make a movie about skaters. They like, nigga, they finna shut this bitch down for about two and a half months, and we ain't got nowhere to go. So we was mad about not having nowhere to go, but we was like, we can't wait to see the movie because we want to see what type of shit they don't portray about ATL. Yeah. Nigga, y'all had skate crews who I used to skate with in the movie. Mm -hmm. All them niggas, Mario, the nigga who tipped took Lauren from in the in the, in the house party. Yeah. I know that. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Uh -huh. He was in there talking, acting like he mad. I'm like, nigga, you ain't mad, nigga, you mad. <laughs> but it was like, when that shit came out, bro, Atlanta was so, we was excited and we appreciate the movie so, cause that's our shit. Yeah. That's like the whole world get to know about ATL yeah. through that goddamn movie. And, and yeah. a lot of people in the movie theater 
resonated with you more so mm. because you was Eddie. Yeah. You the nigga who did Eddie Goes. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie Goes was a nigga that right. was popping at the time. Yeah. And everybody knew, what's up, Eddie? I don't know where right. you at. Yeah. But don't go to Eddie because you going to make your goals too big. Yeah. You see what I'm right. saying? Walk out with the young gonna... Just in case you're wondering what we're doing, we are now showing you just how important having the 85 South Show app is because you was watching this show thinking, oh, they didn't finally put the shit back on YouTube. No. They was listening. We weren't. We weren't. It's on the app. It's on the app. The rest of this, listen, the rest of the audio is on the app. <laughs> Now you gotta know what we Woo. said, you gotta go get the app. That's the 85 South Show app. It's available on Amazon, Stick, Apple TV, wherever you get your subscription. No, it's not. It's, it's just, not on it's Apple just TV? available directly where they sell apps. Or oh, they don't sell apps on Apple TV? It's well, y'all should fuck with us too, Apple TV. Roku. Hell wrong with y'all. It fuck is Roku. on there. Put it on Roku. Don't say fuck nobody. No, I didn't say fuck them. I said put it, I thought we fuck with them. Oh, we do. My house full of Rokus. Oh. Roku the most air world. Yeah. So subscribe to the app. It's only $8.99 a month or $85 a year. So you get a whole year for $85. Did you yeah. know that? It's $8.50 and then you gotta pay tax. Yeah, so you know, it's $8. You know, we get on all type of content. You know what, we not even gonna tell them who you got your glasses from until they get it on the app. I mean, hey, you gotta watch the app. The app is available. All of these people that say we should keep putting this on YouTube for free. What about the years of freeness that we've already provided upon you? We gave this away for free for years. Let's move together. Why would you let somebody come year. invest in the show and put it on another network and you're buying their subscription? You don't ask them why you're buying their shit. So don't ask us. We're putting it on the app. Who's over the app? Nobody knows. Get the app. Yeah. We saw what you said in the comments. We, sure did. we saw it. We saw everybody. The good, the we bad. Got somebody read every fucking comment. And the ugly. So you know what? We folding under this pressure. Sure we hear you. We heard you. We hear you. We win and did. We'll just get the fuck on at y'all way. Just for an hour though. Yep. That's yep. all you get is an hour. So don't you can't complain. Well, where the rest of it? I at? think they should get 37 minutes. Oh, see, we gotta hurry yeah, we up. We should put a whole bunch of ads in between, like long ads, ads, like five minute ads. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Uh, you, you. Slow motion ads. Slow, slow it down. <laughs> Waste a motherfucking time. Yeah. Uh, let's just uh. Go ahead and make sure. Channel85.com. I want to make sure I read what they wrote. They wrote some shit out for us. These niggas don't know how to spell or type proper sentences, but they trying get to get us to get y'all to buy the app. What, you think we want to read this shit? Channel85, man. So we can talk that shit, man. Ladies, don't you like it? Go get it on there. Yeah. That's right. On the app. Uncensored, unfiltered, and edited. Can you believe that? I'm talking about with actual production in it. Jump cuts, clips, all types of types of like exclusive shit that they don't even know that we they don't even know that we got a show where we be cooking like exotic foods and shit. That's on the app. Sport show. Yep. Talk show, documentary. Chico got a handwriting class that he teach. (laughs) 
Nobody passed it. Because no. that's why the shit looked like right. this. But we're working on it, and you can see it on the app. They didn't, the e- app. didn't even tell them about the tax course that we had uploaded on there. No they don't even know that we, we got we a whole show about Wall Street. And a $5,000 on the app. Right. <laughs> and we got the alternate ending to the color purple up there. Oh, man. No we got the raw edition, all the uncut, all the bloopers. We got all that. Right. It's on the app. So if you want to see some shit that, you know, they trying to hide from Go to the app. I'm leaving, though. Channel85.com. Go get the app. You got an hour for free. We gave you what you wanted. Now give us some subscriptions to the app. $8.50, with tax, $85 a year, channel85.com, 85 South Show, get the app. Well, see, this is what they don't know. The app really $3, but adjusted for inflation is eight done, yeah. Well, low C, get the app, man. Stop bullshitting. We out of here, man. We not about to keep working all this time for... We work for free. We are going on out, baby. We are going on out. We on your way too, Fly. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Moments like seeing my son's team cheer him on mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palbociclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. 
Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. 